You're listening to the Is This Odd Dr. Todd program from Los Angeles Magazine Studios, the show where you can get all your medical questions answered without an office visit. Please welcome comedy writer Dimitri Pappas and family medicine physician Dr. Todd Spector. Hello and welcome to another episode of Is This Odd Dr. Todd. Hello, Dr. Todd. Hello, Dimitri. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. You're looking... Um... I'm 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 gonna be straight up here. You're looking a little roughed up. Are your your hair is kind of the curls are going in different directions. Was it a rough holiday season so far? <laughs> I'm not sure what's up with my hair. I I I'm trying not to focus on it too much, but uh, I think I'm just kind of casual right now. I'm in my okay. more civilian civilian life than doctor life for this week. Well, that's okay with me. As long as it wasn't like you've been, you know, like scratching your head and trying to figure like you had a rough day in the in the office or something like that. So. At least it's just a casual thing. So, no, no. Yeah, listen, no. and I'm not one to throw stones about hair. So, I hear you, and I appreciate that. But no, I'm just, just my regular civilian self right now. Yeah, taking some good. time with my family, except for this podcast. Right. Okay. Good. Um, <clears throat> now, I, I want to tell you. I want to start off with a quick little compliment for you. I, I sure. saw some people over the holidays, and and I had some good feedback in terms of you. They said. One, they said they were very impressed by the depth of your knowledge and, and the, the widespread um, areas that you can cover with these questions. And they said that you really deliver it in a way that um, seems like you're, you're not spewing any, any bullshit. And, and, and I was like, that, that is correct. And they said, and it also seems like he's a really just a good guy. And I said, okay, so he is spewing some bullshit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe. But I, yeah, I think the thing with family medicine training, when I went to medical school and I, I was a guy who actually just loved everything. I really loved it all. I loved psychiatry and surgery and dermatology and ophthalmology. And, um, I, I really couldn't choose. And, and I, and I actually chose family medicine because you got to do all of that stuff and you could answer a lot of questions and, you know, for instance, I have friends who are neurosurgeons who are like the smartest guys in the world, but they don't know the first thing about treating a sprained ankle or a sprained knee or how to deal with a bronchitis or sinusitis or... Seriously, get over yourselves. Hmm? They should get over themselves. All they can do is brain stuff. Brain That's stuff. it. Just brain surgery. Um, does that, has anybody come to you? Does he, how's your wife feel about this, this newfound fame of yours? You know, I think, okay. But apparently, that wasn't the right phrase. She doesn't think of it as that. But what's your wife say, think about all this? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm quite famous yet, but uh, okay. In my previous life, when I was a doctor, I had this big practice of like 2,500 people, and I couldn't even go into a supermarket. Like I would just be like, "Doll, you got to go inside because I'm not going to get out of there for like an hour." Because if I went into a supermarket on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon when everyone was in there. There was no way I was not going to run into five people in there. Really? So I was a little more local. <laughs> I have local fame. Is a little? You were like Doc Hollywood, kind like of. People just coming up and asking for stuff. Yeah, I have, uh, and it's interesting because over the years, you know, people the way you ha take care of people is they refer them to you know they refer their friends or their family or whatever. So over the years, I've had some funny groups of people that I've taken care of that all referred their friends um, that I would know, you know. All whole, you know, whole worlds of people that I would never have come in contact with. That's one of the nice things about the job. I feel that's what this podcast is. Is I referred you to the world. Is <laughs> not that you're my doctor, but you know, I, I do. I did think this guy knows a lot of stuff, um, and he won't stop talking. So why not put a microphone in front of him? <laughs> exactly. Um, what is it? 
I, I was listening to it with my wife and she was like, wow, you really know a lot of stuff. And it, <laughs> really? is, it is nice, honestly, to get these questions and to be able to talk about this stuff in a reasonable way. Because I really think that most doctors, most doctors like me love people and they love talking to people and they love medicine. And, you know, ideally they, they, they can, you know, answer questions for people if they ask them. Well, well, it's, maybe not it's, on a podcast, but. It's nice to know that uh, that your wife was even surprised by your knowledge, and you know who knows maybe maybe some of these things you're you're saying are gonna take off at home, like the coffee in the bedroom thing. So, I mean, good luck to you. But having said that, why don't we get yeah. back to why we're here and get sure. into the first question, Doctor Todd? Is there permanent harm that can come from waxing your genitals, or is it more just a matter of discomfort? Thank you, Helen. Helen. All right. So when she says when she says your genitals, I think she means each of their own, not your. Right. Can anybody get hurt from doing yours? That's not right. the question. Helen's asking: Is there anything permanent that can happen to me from waxing my genitals? <laughs> um, well, I think that I I actually do not think there's any permanent harm that can be done through waxing. That's the short answer. Okay. The the long answer is that uh, all of the waxing that people do, especially females in their uh, pelvic area, is a style thing. It, there's no health benefits to waxing. Where their genitals are located. Yes, go ahead. Yes, yes. So there's no health. We <laughs> There's never been a situation where a person came into the doctor's office and I recommended that they go get waxed. Right. So it's personal. It's just a preference. It's just a preference. Now, so I do tell people when they ask me about, I'm thinking of getting laser hair removal in that area. I say to them, well, you know, first of all, you know, I think if you're going to remove everything, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that hair is actually there for a reason. Um, and it has lots of purposes, but you know, people do all kinds of things with their hair on their head and their hair on their body. But I, I do tell people that the hair, that the laser hair removal is permanent and it is hard to restore that hair. Um, so I, I, if people want to remove the hair entirely, I think like maybe it's sort of like a, a phase. They may not always want to have that hair removed. The, the waxing is probably preferable to mm -hmm. laser. Like how I had laser hair removal on my head. Now that <laughs> yeah. won't come back. Now, actually, you know, you peaked, uh, you peaked my interest here for a second. So what is, for those that don't know, what is, you said it's, it's, it's there for a reason and there's benefit to pubic hair, right? So right. what is, what is, what's the purpose of that? I thought well, it was just, I think that I, 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 I suspect there's not a lot of studies on the benefit of pubic hair. But I suspect that it has to do more with um, preventing infection, protecting the, that sensitive skin. Um, but I don't think that, you, for instance, if you remove the hair on your vagina, you're going to live longer. But I, I, right. I just think that it, it doesn't, there's no health reason to remove it. Um, okay. It's a hygiene issue um, that people, and when I say hygiene, it's not cleanliness, it's just how they prefer it. But I, I do think, you know, that, that probably 
shaving is kind of the most, we see probably the most problems with shaving because when you're shaving that area, because of the shape of the hair, the pubic hair, it's curly. It can grow back mm-hmm. into the skin and sometimes we'll see abscesses. So, you know, that there, there can be a, you know, they can get a little nick and bacteria can get under the skin and an abscess can form. So shaving is probably the least preferable way of hair removal from our perspective as doctors, because it, it has the most complications. Waxing and laser or threading, those type of things typically uh, aren't, aren't problematic. Now, you just brought up something, something popped into my head. Have you ever had someone, because you said about the shaving and the ingrown hair and the abscess, have you ever had someone come in afraid that they had like genital warts, but it was really just ingrown hair because of they had shaved? <laughs> um. I can imagine I've that would send someone into a panic. I've had all kinds of things. People come in with all kinds of things that they were worried that were genital warts or some type of genital growth or cancer. And uh, never, never an ingrown hair, but anything from like a leaf to a pimple to a piece of, you know, you know, lint. Uh, <laughs> a leaf? What's, yeah, you know, a leaf, a leaf. A leaf. Like they didn't, they saw a leaf, the leaf, somehow the wind blew a leaf in their underwear and they thought it was genital warts. No, this person had been, had been swimming in a, in a lake or something and he has foreskin and he retracted his foreskin and there was a piece of dead leaf that was pressed to his penis, but he, he did, his eyes weren't great and he couldn't really see what it was. And right. so I got this, you know, worried, you know, phone call and, uh, and, and a picture. And I zoomed in on him. Like, I think that looks like a piece of, uh, leaf. And he's like, Oh, sure enough it is. So (laughs) so he sent you a picture. He was very relieved to find out that it wasn't in fact cancer. Um, but you know, that's, you know, that's, you know, that, that, but so you were sitting there uncommon. You were sitting there watching a movie with your family and you're like, hold on guys, pause it. I got to look at this picture. Someone sent me a picture of their penis and I got to zoom in. Then we'll get back to the movie. Yes. Well, in my, so now we do so much work on our phone, so much telemedicine stuff um, that we get lots of pictures and I, I do delete them all. And um, Good thing yeah. I listen, I'm teasing you. It's, it's super impressive. One that we're at that stage where that can happen. And this guy wasn't like worried until Monday or going right. to the ER because he had a leaf in his penis. Right. But the fact is, the, and the fact that you can, that you are accessible and willing to like stop down and take care of someone like that. I think that's all good things. I'm just, I'm just teasing you for, I, because that's and I will, I, like I will say, Dimitri, that's a really important point because honestly, we've talked about in the past, like how much people suffer in their minds. And, you know, if this person really thought they had a dangerous problem, it was probably a great relief to them to not have to worry yeah. about it. So you're right. Yeah. Well, thanks for not being a jerk <laughs> about, about that. Okay, okay. Next question. <laughs> Dear Dr. Todd, my sweat has taken on a different smell lately and it mm. stays in my clothing too, mostly the underarms, even after I wash. This is relatively new, but it's not going away. Is it something to be concerned about, Ray? Ray. All right. Yeah. So Ray's a male. He, yeah, I assume he is probably talking about. So yes, you know, if you change your diet, the your sweat will smell smell differently, um, and your body will smell differently. Like for instance, if you're eating a lot of garlic or onion, those foods and, and certain spices tend to permeate through the sweat glands, and people will you'll notice when they're sweating that they have strong cells. Sometimes people if they've 
drank a lot of alcohol, you can smell the alcohol coming through their pores when they're sweating. Right. And I had I a buddy we used to play basketball and he smelled like we'd be like, God, like we're getting, we're getting drunk off of his the smell of his the brewery coming from the night before. But okay. Yeah. So that is for sure. But this person might be talking about their deodorant and their antiperspirant. Um, they they can all have different scents. They can stain clothing, etc. There's you can you know people like to wear antiperspirant and, and deodorant because it's polite and people don't like to be smell bad um, and they don't like to be around people who smell bad. So it is nice you know for people to wear deodorant, but there's no medical reason you need to do it. But mm-hmm. I would say to Ray that probably the deodorant they're using is staining their clothing and changing the way that they smell, and then also they might want to pay attention to the way that they diet the, 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 their particular diet and um if they're um you know they might notice on if they're eating if they've changed their diet or maybe they moved to another country or they're eating a lot of different types of spices that the way they smell might have changed interestingly getting back to the question about um body hair you know um in this country more, more women tend to shave under their arms than men although men are starting to do it too and actually when you remove the hair from under your arms, that's a lot of times the the smell, the body odor that people don't like actually is bacteria releasing gas from um, the the mixing with the sweat and processing it. And and that bacteria is actually what you're smelling. Um, Hmm. So women, when they shave under their arms or men tend to have less body odor. So that's maybe another option, not, you know, for this person. I had an eye doctor that smelled, uh, often smelled like chicken Parmesan. And at first I was like, is are they like, am I coming like right after lunch every time? Cause it was a few times in a row. And then I, but then hearing this, I'm like, maybe it was just that they had a certain perspiration scent. Like maybe they eat a lot of Italian foods and it wasn't necessarily that they were downing a chicken Parmesan right before I walked in every time. Cause I was like, that can't be healthy for your eyes or anything. But no, there's, there's very few health benefits to chicken Parmesan. Although I do love it. That's unfortunate. Yeah, me too. I wish yeah. it was good for you. Yeah, me too. Uh, and on the deodorant front, I know in, when in college, my sister came home and she was like, oh, I'm using this crystal stone instead of deodorant. And we're like, really? She's like, yeah, because deodorant's not good for you or whatever. And then she was like, yeah, well, here's the the thing is, that's not working. <laughs> so you may be using it in replacement of deodorant, but it's not working. So if you yeah. could, I think it's, my brother I mean, even hit the stone. when a family member starts to tow those waters of not wearing deodorant. Yeah. One more okay. thing for women, oh, yeah. for women during the course of their uh, menstrual cycle and pregnancy, perspiration odors will change, which are hormonal. Um, so that's not Ray's issue, I don't think. Men don't right. encounter that as much, but women will have changes in their body odor. And I don't mean bad body odor. I mean just body right. odor, the way that they smell the- during the month based on the hormones. Right. So uh, overall, nothing nothing that Ray needs to worry about. It could just be a dietary thing. I think it's probably dietary or Ray's choice of deodorant, but doesn't sound like a medical problem. There are some rare conditions that can have smells associated with them, infections, and certain metabolic processes. But you would be very sick if that were happening. And you wouldn't just be writing in, hey, I noticed my underarms smell different. Yeah, this sounds to me... This sounds to me like Ray gets his T-shirts online, and they're, he's ruining them faster and faster, and he, he's trying to figure out why he's spending so much on T-shirts. Dimitri, one uh, I will tell you yeah. some of the old, um, some of the old infectious disease and even internal medicine doctors 
before we had MRIs and CAT scans and a million blood tests, so much of the way that we figured out with people what was wrong with them was physical exam. And so that included touch and that included listening and that included seeing and it also included smelling. And these old doctors could come into an exam room and they could smell someone's breath or they could smell an odor and they would know what was wrong with them. And when I was training, it was sort of the end of that era. And these guys would talk about like, you smell that smell, that's the smell of renal failure, or that's the smell of internal bleeding. And, you know, we, we learned that those, how to recognize those smells. Interesting. Um, in, in training. Yeah. So they could come in and be like, doc, is it, is it lupus? And you'd be like, no, actually, I think it's chicken parmesan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. Yeah. Dear Dr. Todd, is contrast therapy good for you? Is it possible it could send you into shock if not done right? Thank you so much, Allison. So contrast therapy. Why don't we tell people what that is first? I I am not 100% sure what contrast therapy. Are they talking about like hot and cold plunging? My my impression, because I hear that for it's not like contrast therapy, like you're bad and someone tells you you're good and they're just trying to work you the other way around. I think I've heard this phrase a lot more recently, and it's mostly from like wellness places and stuff. I think it is like infrared saunas, and then you go into a cold plunge, and then yeah. you kind of do a routine of that type of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So especially since she says, um, I think since, since uh, Allison says, could it send you into shock? So I'm guessing it's the hot and the cold thing. Right. Okay. Well... It's funny when I read it because contrast is something we use in radiology all the time. For instance, if someone's getting a CAT scan of their internal organs or they're getting an MRI, we might use contrast. So I, when I said contrast therapy, I was like, I wonder if they're talking about contrast material. But I think what you're talking about is correct. It, this is contrast yeah. therapy. So usually, <laughs> so the uh, I think so. I, I, so first of all, I think that the big issue is like, if you're doing a lot of hot therapy, you want to make sure you're hydrated. Um, mm -hmm. and, and certainly you can get yourself too hot and experience heat stroke or, um, dehydration, dizziness, those type of things. Um, the cold therapy, if you were in there for a really long time, it could cause hypothermia and that can be its own problem where it takes a while to warm up and those things can put stress on your organs. But, and I'm talking about like, you know, people who are like, you know, shipwrecked in a frozen ocean for some long period of time or right. maybe someone overdoes it in their cold plunge. I've never actually seen it. I'm sure there's some ER case reports. If Generally, they don't have cold plunges when they're shipwrecked, but I see what you mean. <laughs> Yeah. But I don't think for the people going back and forth, as long as they're in reasonable cardiovascular health, because essentially what you feel is you go in the hot and then you go in the cold and you get this big adrenergic surge, this like mm -hmm. adrenaline, like, you know, it's like a bracing, exciting feeling. And as long as your heart is in good shape, which most people who are doing that type of therapy are, there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with it. And I don't think okay. you can go into shock. It is shocking in the sense that you're right. really hot and then you jump in really cold water and it's like, which I, Probably the point, right? That's probably good for the yeah. bodies. It kind of gives you a jolt to change metabolism or whatever else it may be. I, I don't know. I, I know that people, um, well, for instance, if you go into really cold water, it takes, your body has to burn calories in order to stay warm. So hypothetically, if you spend 10 minutes in a really cold plunge, your body would have to burn some amount of calories to keep, you know, to keep your organs and keep your brain and everything else functioning. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that kind of contrast therapy going back and forth between, I think people like it. I don't know what the health benefits are, but I think it feels good. 
Okay. So yeah, probably helps with, with swelling or, or stuff like that. So I think similar to the drug question, you're saying as long as you're, you're monitoring, monitoring what you're doing and you're, and, and it's in doses and you're not going in, you know, and getting dehydrated or staying in cryotherapy for an hour or whatever, as long as you, if, unfortunately, if this, if someone was listening to this episode and hoping to go hog wild on something, that is not this episode. This is more about monitoring what you're doing and taking it in small doses. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, my wife teaches yoga. She teaches hot yoga and it can be pretty hot in that room, especially when it's crowded. And sometimes people come in there and they're a little dehydrated to start with, and then it's hot in there and they're exercising. And I have definitely seen people kind of go stumbling out of there, um, very lightheaded and what we would call orthostatic, meaning they didn't have enough volume in their body. So their body wants to pass out and get flat. Um, is that just about, is that just about downing fluids at that point that you can get yourself back? Yeah. And most of the time, I mean, everyone's like, Oh, do you need an IV? Unless you've got severe diarrhea, most of the time you can rehydrate yourself adequately with just oral intake. You don't need an IV. And I'll just a note, if you've got uh, severe diarrhea, do your yoga at home. (laughs) It's kind of like the sign at the pool and the hot tub. If you've had active diarrhea within 14 days, please don't come in this yoga class. Don't don't go to yoga or the public pool if you've had severe diarrhea. By the way, 14 days, sorry, that's a bit outrageous. You know, like people get diarrhea, like one bad taco and your whole vacation is ruined. You're not in the pool. I think that's extreme, but I get, and I appreciate where it's coming from, but all right, we have time for one more question, Dr. Todd. Do you have the energy for one more question? Yeah. Okay, good. Dr. Todd, what things can lead to lower sperm count? Food, chemicals, clothing, et cetera. Thanks, Adam. Good question, Adam. I would say the most common things that we're seeing now that lead to decreased sperm production are cryotherapy, people going in the saunas and the jacuzzis, they love that and the sperm don't. You know, the testes are outside of your body. They they like lower temperatures in general. Mm. Right? The they're exposed, you know, to the at least your clothing, but they're not internal. Right. And so when you're going in really warm jacuzzis and cryotherapy and all that stuff, it, we see it. I mean, I'll get these guys who are, you know, want to, you know, get a, they're, they're doing fertility or they want to do, a, they're going to get a vasectomy and then they want to bank some sperm in case they ever want to have another child. Um, and we'll see these low sperm counts. And the first thing I always say to them is like, look, do you take jacuzzis and saunas and all that stuff? And they're like, oh yeah, oh, as much as I can. So we, Tell them to cool it on that. And oh, then the other thing that lowers sperm production is marijuana. That's a classic. Um, so these guys who smoke marijuana every day will have lower sperm production. A clothing, not that I'm aware of, but it's possible. They used to talk about the tight underwear and the loose underwear, but does that not matter? I haven't seen that recommendation recently. Um, but I think that, you know, alcohol, sleep, those things are important to make sure you're not drinking too much and that you're getting adequate sleep. But the heat and marijuana are the two big ones that we see. And then there are certain drugs, not necessarily drug recreational drugs other than marijuana, but drugs that we use that may interfere with the pituitary access in our brain that leads to um, uh, testosterone production and sperm production. But I'd say the heat and the marijuana for the purposes of this conversation would be the things yeah. to avoid. 
I like that you said we've seen some cases like that. I just got a picture of you sitting there watching a movie with your family and being like, can you pause it? Someone just sent me a picture of their sperm and I just need to count it. <laughs> I got a toss so. comment on this human analysis. <laughs> so basically, um, all right, if you're looking for, you know, if you're trying to, you know, maybe get pregnant or something like that, maybe uh, getting high and hitting the hot tub is not the, not the way to do it. Yes. We also, we also tell people when they're trying to get pregnant that they shouldn't be ejaculating every day. That if right. If, right. They should be maybe, you know, taking a couple of days off in between and trying to have timed intercourse, but maybe of, of maybe abstaining from ejaculating for three days prior to uh, the time they're going to try and conceive. Now, when you say timed intercourse, you don't mean like with a stopwatch, like, hey, let's see if we can hit four minutes today. Right. Four, four minutes. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, okay. I, I, I do like the idea of timed intercourse. That might be uh, something to bring home. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking more about timing of intercourse. Oh, I like I was just, that's what I thought. I was just I clarifying like, for the listener. I like that idea. I like that Shrek over here at 250 pounds, six, five is like four minutes. I can't even, I can't even swallow a glass of water in four minutes. Um, well, Dr. Todd, once again, yeah, I think you knocked everything out of the park. It was very informative. And I think I like to think that we have answered the questions today that the people didn't feel comfortable asking were some, somewhere else. And, and that they got the answers either they were looking for or not, but they got answers. Yeah, I tried to answer something, but thank you, Dimitri. Yes. Uh, I think you did a good job. And just to run it back down for Dr. Dr. Todd's Rex, his RX, waxing genitals, it's fine. It's more of a style thing. There's no health benefit. Better than laser, though. So if you're going to get rid of the hair, maybe stick with waxing, uh, preferably not shaving. Uh, smelly sweat, check your diet. It's probably that. Contrast therapy, uh, same thing. Monitor it, you know. Uh, not too much of one or the other. Basically, if you go into a wellness center and there's a teenage guy working the desk, you know, that looks like he's stoned and he's on his phone texting, don't have him in charge of your timing. And uh, lower sperm, same thing. Uh, heat, stay away from it, right? Hot yeah. tubs, uh, that kind of stuff, it could, it could hurt. So once again, I'd like to thank Dr. Todd. By the way, I want to, I want to thank uh, LA Magazine like we always do, but I also want to say uh, to show them the love and to show us the love. If you're enjoying the podcast, Please feel free to subscribe, hit the like button, leave whether it's you're watching on YouTube or you're you're getting it wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to uh, you know, comment, let us know what we are doing right, what we're doing wrong, and anything like that. Give us a like, subscribe, and uh and and uh let us know. We appreciate you. Yes, very much. Thank you, Dimitri. Thank you. Another episode of Is This Odd, Dr. Todd. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Is This Odd, Dr. Todd program from Los Angeles Magazine Studios. If you have any medical questions and want to hear from Dr. Todd, be sure to email podcasts at lamag.com. 